We know that in the beginning, it all began as God spoke. As God simply spoke and said, let there be. And so, Lord, let it be this morning. <laughs> let it be. Let your word be in our lives. It all began, and we know it will all end with God's word. Not a single one of them will ever pass away. They are eternal. And I love that, that, that revelation that we get in the book of Revelation and in Genesis, that it all began and it will all end in the garden. In the garden. We will be restored to the Garden of Eden. We will eat from the tree of life. Those flaming swarded cherubim, they're going to let down their guard. And we get an open invitation to eat the fruit from that tree. And so we will live forevermore. Eternal life. God's word. God's word does so, so much. Literally, we know everything exists because he spoke. We know that God knows everything. He knows the tears you have cried. He knows the number of hairs on your head that are declining, but they're still there. He knows them all. He is all-knowing. Therefore, when God speaks, he brings forth revelation from his knowledge. When God speaks, it's nothing new to him. He is simply revealing to us that which he already knows. And I started thinking about some of these crazy, world-changing and transforming revelations that we have had over um, you know, the, the, the course of time as we've known it. I mean, you know, Becky and I often talk about, you know, as, you know our, our, our great-grandparents, you know, and just how much things have changed for them in like the past hundred years. I mean, whew. I mean, this world has changed dramatically. But this change comes about because of some type of revelation, some type of discovery that we've made. I mean, the discovery of the atom, and realizing that there's these things floating around it known as electrons, and we can move those electrons from one atom to the other. And we have electricity, you know? Just think about that, that revelation of electricity and how much it has changed the world as we know it. Um, you know, and speaking of those atoms, think about just, just knowing that we can take an atom and we can actually split it. We can split it, and it creates this tremendous amount of power. And we can control that process. And we can create energy, electricity, through nuclear power. You know, we can control that. And we can enrich those atoms, especially uranium, you know. We can enrich that atom. Because you know how us guys are, you know. It just it, Who wants a little firecracker? You know, I want something that booms, you know. But we're... No, no, no explosion's ever big enough, so we enrich uranium, and then we can get into some real serious things. Now we got atomic bombs. We can decimate cities for centuries with splitting that tiny little, tiny little atom. The amount of power, the amount of energy. You know, Einstein realized how much energy was in one of those little things. You know, the whole literally equals mc squared, you know, this, the, the, the mass. Tiny little mass inside of that atom, but when you divide it, the power that's released, just, I don't know, anyways. That's just one little revelation, and look at how world-changing it is. And then think about the knowledge of God, and what he wants to reveal to us, 
and how that can transform our lives, our communities, our nation, the world as we know it, by just one simple little revelation. Um, you know, it, revelation can result in, in just crazy, traumatic transformation. I, I look at the communities around us and think about how they were built because of the revelation that there's coal under our feet and the revelation of how to mine it and how to get it out of there, you know? And these entire towns were built and they prospered for decades because of that revelation of how to find coal and mine it, you know? It's just that one simple little revelation and how transforming it was for so many people. Revelation, it's more than just knowledge. And that's a big difference, something that makes, you know, our movement and our church a little unique, is that we don't want just knowledge. We don't want to be a religious people where our life goal is to know more about God, to know, to know, to know, to know. We want that knowledge to be revealed to us. We want to have an experience with God. I don't want to just know something about him. I want to experience it. And I want to bring other people into that experience, right? And that's what the kingdom is all about because there's a vast difference between knowing that God loves me. Most everybody can quote that, you know, God loves me. There's a difference between that and when God reveals his love toward me. You just, you know there's a difference. You think you know, but then you know that you didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> That's what revelation does, is it brings experience to that knowledge. There's a vast difference between knowing the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave lives in me. You know, a lot of us can quote that verse. And having this spirit of God revealed to you, that that same spirit, that same spirit of creation lives in me, empowers me. There's a vast difference between knowing that, like we sang this morning, I am a child of God. We can sing it, and we can declare it, and we can quote it. There's a vast difference between knowing I'm a child of God and when the Father reveals to you that you are his child. Do you understand what I mean? There's a difference between knowledge and revelation, and it's experiential. In fact, one of the definitions in, in the Greek language for the word that we translate to revelation is apocalypsis. Apocalypsis. And what it literally means, it is a manifestation. It is an appearing. It's like when the light bulb goes off. Like, I knew, but now I know. It was revealed to me. It was, it's a manifestation of knowledge. There's a vast difference between the two. It's like the difference between, you know, I, I had this experience myself, between knowing, because July 20th, it's an awesome day, amen? Yeah. All the cool people were born on July 20th. But that's also the day that Neil Armstrong walked on the moon back in 69, right? We know that. But there's a difference between knowing that and if you go down to the Smithsonian Museum and you stand right before the lunar module, the literal module that landed them on the moon, that brings a deeper revelation to that knowledge. Like, it's just like, wow. I'm not a history guy. I don't like history. But when I'm standing where history happened, when I go and I stand on the Battle of Gettysburg and I look at these fields and you just imagine the cannons and the, the you know, the, the, the uh, da, 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 they're not bullets, the, the, yeah, anyways, the lead flying. It's a different experience. It's revealed to you. It's not just head knowledge. You get to, like, experience it. 
And of course, man, if you were actually Neil Armstrong and walked on the moon, you'd have a whole different revelation about that event, right? There's a difference between all of these things. We know so much from God's word. And trust me, it is critically important for us to get in the word of God. Don't mishear me this morning. We've got to get into the word of God and know it and know it and know it. We know so much from his word about God, about his kingdom, about us. But I believe that this year, what God is wanting to do is to take that from head knowledge to revelation. That God wants to take that head knowledge and, and, and birth something in us so that we experience it like never before. The love of God is one of those things. Like, you can't even communicate it. You're like, no, 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 but, but God loves me. Like, he loves me. Like, you can't even express it. You just have to experience it for yourself, right? You just have to experience it. And I believe that that is what God is bringing this year is a revelation, a revelation. So be ready to write them down. Keep, keep your phone or a tablet and pencil or pen by your nightstand. I believe that God is going to be giving an increase of dreams, an increase of visions, an increase of just words of knowledge and wisdom and prophetic words. You're just going to know something and you have no idea how you know it. Write it down, record it, share it. I believe that God is going to start pouring out revelation in this year like never before. I'm just excited about that, yeah. <laughs> Here's another really cool thing about, about revelation. We can be told something and then forget it, right? I, I realize this as my kids are in their final years of high school. I got to Google how to do some of these things. I don't remember it. I learned it. Bethany's learning the periodic table. I love science. I had the periodic table of elements memorized. Every element, every atomic mass, I, I just knew it, you know? And I love chemistry where you, you get to, like, see what happens when these combine, you know? Well, these electrons are going to go here, and these protons, you know, I just, I loved it. I love making compounds. It was just fun for me because I'm a geek. And anyways, <laughs> and cool things are happening, you know, to those atoms. Just last month, I don't know if you heard it or not, I don't know if you follow science news, just last month, they actually found that they discovered a way to create nuclear fusion in a way that is sustainable. Like, you put a little bit of energy in, and you get more energy out. And then you put that energy in, and you get more energy out. And so all of a sudden, like, all these sci-fi films with, like, the, the warp core reactor, you know, we have it. It exists. We can do it. We can create infinite, like, it's just really cool. Anyways... <laughs> Back to what was I talking about? Yeah, knowledge can be forgotten. Knowledge is fleeting. Knowledge is useless if we don't transform it into wisdom and apply it in life. It's like the difference between knowing trigonomic theorems, right? We, we know them, we learn them, and the difference between the learning that you had, the knowledge you received, that you're supposed to stop at a stop sign, you know? One you forgot about. One you remember because you apply it all the time, and you really hope that other people are going to apply it too, that they're going to stop at that stop sign. I've taught my kids, don't ever trust it. Don't trust a turn signal. Don't trust a stop sign. Don't trust a stop light. You look both ways no matter what, right? <laughs> and they've experienced it and seen it happening. They didn't stop. They didn't turn. Their signal was on, right? And some of us have learned that the hard way of, hey, dad, <laughs> um, I had an accident, <laughs> right? You know, Anyways, but that's the difference between revelation and knowledge. Once one was learned and forgotten, the other was learned and lived. When it's learned and lived, what, what's the Veggie Tales thing say? It's wisdom gived. 
wisdom given. I think that was in the, the hope of Easter. I don't know, anyways. But once something is revealed to us, once we've experienced it, it becomes a part of us. We are transformed by it. We are changed by it. And it is ours forever. And we get to pass it along and impart it. We get to impart revelation as our legacy. And this is not a new revelation. In fact, back in Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, back in Deuteronomy 29, 29, God said that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Forever, right? Forever. They're ours. We pass them along as a legacy. Now, the Lord has all kinds of secret things. He knows things we don't know. That's why there's always a reason to seek after him. There's always a reason to hunger and to thirst for more of him, more of his kingdom. There's always more to be revealed. There's new doors to be opened. There's new things to be explored. It's, there's, there's more revelation. Um, think about this. You know, we can know in our head that the joy of the Lord is our strength. I know a lot of really grouchy people who know that verse. And when life goes bad you wouldn't believe that the joy of the Lord is their strength, right? They may quote it, but they don't live it. But there's a revelation that some people have received that the joy of the Lord is their strength, and man, they live it. No matter what they're going through, there is a joy that cannot be stolen by any circumstances. That makes me hungry for that revelation, because I've only tasted and seen that one. I don't have it in fullness. Just ask my family, right? <laughs> Revelation. God's kingdom is full of secret things that often are hidden in plain sight, just waiting to be revealed. Jesus said this, right? Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Um, his disciples came to him and they asked, why do you speak to people in parables? And I know I've quoted this so many times. Everybody knows it, but we need a revelation of it. Jesus replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Now he was saying the same things to all of them. They all knew the things that Jesus said. But there was a revelation to his disciples that the crowd didn't receive. Just kind of went over their heads. Um, and this is, I, I love the way the Passion Translation um, says that same verse, verse 11. It says that Jesus explained, you've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom but they have not. There is something about this, this intimate experience of insight. It's not just knowledge. It's revelation. It's intimate. It has changed you, right? I'm sorry. I was super excited about this. I, I just, I don't know. It's, there's a difference, and it's hard to explain. You just have to experience it. And then Jesus went on in verse 12. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Woo! We want more, right? more whoever does not have even what they have will be taken away from them that's why i speak in parables jesus said and then he quoted all kinds of old testament again he's revealing he's he's bringing bringing the old testament to life he quoted the old testament all the time because he was the living word of god he was it he was the old testament you know and he quoted all these uh, verses from the old testament though seeing they do not see though hearing they do not understand and that must fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. Ever seeing, but never perceiving. It, it calluses the people's hearts. They hardly hear with their ears. They close their eyes. Otherwise, if they would see with their eyes, 
if they would hear with their ears, if they would understand with their hearts, they would turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets, many righteous people, they longed to see what you see, but they did not see it. They longed to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. We are such spoiled children to be living in this day and age, to be living on this side of the cross. What the people, the righteous people, the prophets of the Old Testament longed to receive, we were handed it freely. It's ours. We received it. But isn't this an just spot-on picture of our world today? People are hungry for knowledge. They pay tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars for knowledge, right, in, in education. But knowledge will just harden your heart if that's all that it remains is knowledge. It is revelation that opens our eyes, opens our ears, softens our hearts so that we can apply that knowledge correctly. So it's time for us to have those eyes that truly see and, and to perceive what the Lord is doing. Ears that truly hear and understand what the Lord is speaking. And hearts that are soft and teachable so that God can change us and give us his heart for the lost and for the world around us. In this way, God can take us beyond knowledge, beyond religion, and help us to understand and to have things revealed to us to bring us into an experience with those same truths then we can heal not only every sickness and every disease but be healed so that our hearts can be whole and complete then we can begin to effectively seek and save the lost to reach people with the hope that jesus freely offers then we can stop being broke all the time in poverty and be a prosperous and generous people it all begins with a revelation of god we need a revelation of God, which comes from the presence of God. It all starts with the presence. It, it is manifest through his glory. A year of revelation. I, it's kind of exciting because I can't even tell you what that's going to look like. <laughs> A year of revelation because it's going to look different to each one of us. There's going to be some revelation for the body that we walk through together. But as Marie had that dream where there was two mountaintops and everybody's going different directions, some of you all are going to have a revelation that I could never have because I want to ride that unicorn on the other side and just get there in a hurry, you know? I want to, I want to soar on wings of eagles. You know, I want to get to Florida in two hours, not 16 hours. But some of y'all, you enjoy that road trip and seeing the different things. And you're looking on maps and, hey, here's a cool thing we could stop and check out. And, you know, you know we're, we're different. And that's okay. So we get to have a different revelation, a different experience, a different encounter. It can look a little bit like this, though, um, in Luke chapter 10. It says that after this, the Lord appointed. Okay, Jesus, understand this. Jesus was a, um, a, a rabbi. Jesus was a rabbi. I was going to say teacher, but it was more than that. And he had disciples, people who sat at his feet and followed him, lived life together with him, and learned from him. They were his disciples. And so they learned all these things. They all, they all literally had memorized the first five books of the Bible. I mean, all these people knew all these things about the word, but Jesus was like, okay, okay, enough of this old way of things. You're going. 
I'm sending you out. You have knowledge. Now it's time for revelation. So it said, after this, the Lord appointed 72 disciples and he sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and every place where he was about to go. This is a cool kind of method of ministry, you know? Jesus, the, the living word in the flesh, God in the flesh, he didn't need someone to go and prepare the way, but God appointed that there would be one that goes ahead of him and prepares the way. We know Elijah was the big one, right? But Jesus sent his disciples out to prepare a place. Before Jesus ever did a miracle in any of those towns, miracles were already happening at the hands of his disciples. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. Go! I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. So the 72, they went out and they returned with joy in verse 17. And they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. <laughs> Satan doesn't rule over hell. He is not a king of any kingdom. He was kicked out of the kingdom. It wasn't a war. I mean, it was a war and a battle, but not like we think of it, because there is no equal to God. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Boom, instantly gone, cast to the earth. And then he goes on. And he says, I have given you... And this is speaking to us as well this morning. I've given you authority. We have authority. That is a revelation we need to receive. The disciples went ahead of Jesus just under the anointing, under the appointing, the anointing appointing of Jesus. They didn't have the Holy Spirit like we have. But just that, that little bit of authority that he gave them they came back rejoicing because everything submits to the authority of Jesus. Even the demons flee. He said, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. To overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. All the power of the enemy. You have authority over all the power of the enemy. You don't be afraid of those demons that are hiding behind whatever. They're hiding because they're afraid of you. They're more afraid of you than you are of them, okay? There's no need for fear. You tell them where to go and they'll go. You, you don't like the neighbor's pigs? Hey, get to walking. They'll go. <laughs> Woo! All authority. I love it. Jesus said, however, don't rejoice that spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Find your identity as being a child of God. That's where true rejoicing comes from. Not by what we're able to do because of it, but because our names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, who was full of joy in the Holy Spirit, he said, I praise you, Father. He's full of joy. And what's he doing? He's praising. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from all these wise and learned people, and you revealed them to the childlike. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. He was a rabbi who was esteemed by all of his colleagues. He sat under scholars who knew the word. Oh, my. But what caused Jesus to rejoice? What caused Jesus to be full of joy? The fact that common, ordinary men and women like you and I 
receive the revelation of its truth, right? Because we receive the revelation. We experienced it. He said, all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except for the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And he has chosen you and I to reveal the Father to. We get to receive a revelation of it. Jesus uses this word consistently. Knowledge reveal. Knowledge reveal. They are two different things. What caused him to rejoice and what he gave to us is revelation, not knowledge. Mm. Then he turned to his disciples and he privately said this. Blessed are your eyes. I'm sorry, King James, blessed. Blessed or blessed are your eyes. Think about that. Those eyes you've got, even if you need corrective lenses, they're blessed because they have seen something, seen something that, that others long to see but never had the opportunity. Blessed are your eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but they never saw it. They wanted to hear what you hear, but they never got to hear it. Hmm. The fun and the joy in life, it comes not from sitting in classes and learning the word and memorizing it, learning to quote it. The fun is when you go. Jesus said, go. And he said in Matthew 28 to us, right? The Great Commission, go. Go out there and reveal the kingdom. Reveal the kingdom. That's where the fun is. That's where the joy is. If Christianity is boring to you, or if it seems like just another religion that you could take or leave, then you haven't had revealed to you the living God and the truth that he is. That's where the fun and joy are. Um, we can have revealed to us things that not only the prophets of old, but even the angels who dwell in heaven, the angels who have seen God face to face, the angels who kicked the demons out of heaven and made them flee down here to the earth, they have longed to have this revealed to them, and we have received it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 through 15, though you have not seen him, right? Most of us have not actually physically seen Jesus face to face. Most of us haven't had that opportunity. Even though you haven't seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him right now, you believe in him, and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. See, you are saved, but oh, believe you me, you have not received the full revelation of your salvation. It is being revealed to you. You're saved, yet you're being saved. You are saved, yet you are being saved. You're having revealed to you the fullness of that salvation. In fact, Peter went on and he said, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was going to come to you, they searched intently and with the greatest of care. They tried to find out the time and the circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing to when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glory that would follow. The glory that would follow. Whew. They had the spirit, like, hey, 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 here, look, look in Isaiah. That's the Savior. He's coming. And look, 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 there's the sign. A virgin will give birth. Like, the Holy Spirit is so excited about and pointing it out to them, and they were intently seeking it out, and they're trying to figure all these things out. 
It was revealed to them that they weren't serving themselves, but rather they were serving you when they spoke of the things that were told to them by the one who has preached the gospel to them by the Holy Spirit from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. It was for us. They were serving us when they wrote these things so that on Christmas morning we can quote Isaiah and get all excited about it because we received the gift that he prophesied about. And I want to encourage you this morning. There are some things that you are struggling with, but it's because you are diligently seeking and striving for and trying to receive this thing that you are going to pass on for generations to come. Because the revelation that is given to you will be for your children and their children's children forevermore, imparted to them. And so Peter goes on, he says in verse 13, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, fully sober. This is one of the reasons that, you know, I, I, I don't believe the Bible preaches against drinking alcohol, you know. But if it's a struggle for you, and if you can't drink alcohol and not get wasted, drunkenness is absolutely a sin. We need to stay alert and fully sober. We need to set our hope on the grace that will be brought to us as Jesus Christ is revealed. That's, that, that's the conduit through which revelation comes, the grace of God. Every gift that we receive is a gift of God. The, the gifts of the Spirit are, are gracelets. They're little pieces of grace that God gives us, as is his revelation. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance before. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Th this is how we receive the revelation of God. Minds that are alert and fully sober. Alert, aware. A better word for alert is more aware of the presence of God and what he is doing, and what he is speaking, what he is saying. More aware of his presence in your life. More aware of what he wants to do here on earth in and through you. Just a greater awareness. We live in an awareness and in a sobriety, keeping our eyes fixed on him. We, we live with hope, with that eager expectation in the grace of God as Jesus Christ is more fully revealed to us. That's how we are called to live. Not as we used to in our ignorance, but by the grace of God, desiring a deeper and fuller revelation of him and his kingdom. A deeper and fuller revelation of who Jesus Christ really is and who we are in light of him. A deeper and fuller revelation of who Jesus Christ is and what we have because of what he did. What is yours freely given because of his work on the cross. And three days later in the grave. We can't leave that part out. They're equally important. <laughs> equally important. A deeper and fuller revelation of Jesus Christ and how we can live because of what he gives. Just a simple revelation can radically transform your life. It may be a verse that you have memorized and you know it and you know it and you know it, but then all of a sudden, whew, when God reveals it, when the author who wrote it, who lives within you, breathes life into it it's a revelation and it becomes a part of you and it changes you and you know what the best part of all of this is god wants to freely pour out revelation into our lives god doesn't want you to walk in ignorance god wants you to be aware of him and what he's doing i mean if god can transform the world just by the revelation of that splitting of the atom 
Think about how world-transforming just one simple revelation could be from him. Just one simple thing could not just change your life, it could literally change the world forever. Common, ordinary people, like Elijah, who prayed for three, what, three and a half years that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. And then what did he see? The, a cloud coming the size of a man's hand. And he said, get ready for the storms. All right, get ready. Because what did he hear? He heard in the heavenlies the coming rain. Right? He didn't just see that tiny little cloud. He knew it was a sign. It was a sign of the things to come. And so when you see something and it just seems little and insig insignificant, like that's, you know, what was in an almond branch? You think it's insignificant? Don't minimalize the revelation God has given you. Powerful, it's tremendous, tiny little atom. And think about the power that it possesses. Just let it keep coming. Let the revelation keep coming. Let him keep pouring it out. God's word is full of revelation about who he is, about what his kingdom is like, about how he speaks, about how he acts, about what he plans to do, about what his purposes are for our lives. It's just, it's just like it reminds me of those, those infomercials back in the 80s and 90s, you know? But wait, there's more. That's what God's kingdom is like. You think you've had revealed to you something. Wait, that's not, there's so much more to be revealed. There's always a reason to keep seeking him. So we may not think that we are much of anything. In fact, a guy named Daniel didn't think he was much of anything. In fact, he, he told the king here, um, back in Daniel chapter 2, he said, no wise man, no enchanter, no magician, no, no diviner, they, none of them can explain the mystery that the king asked him about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. There is a God in heaven that pours out revelation. And Daniel said that, that as I was laying there at night, the revealer of mysteries showed me what was going to happen. This mystery was revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive. It was revealed to me for you, speaking to the king. God wants to pour out his revelation not for you, but for those who need, need a deeper revelation of God's kingdom. God's going to bring revelation to you about how to release healing, not necessarily because you need it, you may, but so that you can go out there and heal others or set people free from their bondages. We may not be much of anyone or anything, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, who pours out revelation. Don't think you have to live a perfect, sinless life to receive some great, grandiose revelation of God. You don't have to be because you're not and you never could be. What you are is saved by the grace of God, covered by the blood. I'm righteous, not because of living rightly. I'm righteous because Jesus forgave me. And because of that, you have full, free access to receive anything from the kingdom. His desire is to work signs, wonders, and miracles through you and I, his people, as his revelation is poured out. So this is going to be a year of revelation. It's going to be a year where we experience the leading, the empowering of God like never before. All we have to do, seek it, ask for it, and be aware of it. Amen? All right, so Lord, we thank you for who you are. 
God, we've tasted and seen that you are good. But we know that there is more to you than what meets the eye. Because, Lord, we only have two eyes. And there's creatures in heaven covered in eyes that sit before your throne. And every time they see you, they, they cry out and worship and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They see something new about you all the time. And they give you praise for all eternity. So, Lord, forgive me for being satisfied with what I have. Lord, stir up in each one of our lives a dissatisfaction for what we know. Give us a hunger and a thirst for greater things, for deeper revelation, Lord. To know you better, to know you more fully. That your word would not just be Bible trivia in our heads, but that your word, like that split atom, would burst forth in power. And bring new life into me. That your revelation would go beyond me, beyond the flesh of this temple, and we'd be poured out overflowing into the lives of those around us. Lord, we are we will be more aware of your presence around us. We want to see that Shekinah glory cloud. Wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, when we're sitting at work, when we're reading the word, when we're laying there in bed, we want to wake up and see this cloud of your glory, Lord. <sighs> so that we can boast that you are the one true living God, that you love this world and all who are in it, that your heart is broken for the broken, that you want to bring healing and deliverance and freedom and fullness and abundance and prosperity, Lord, to all people. Whew. Thank you for your revelation that's coming. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, Hearts to receive it in your name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Yeah. Can't wait for it.